everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I've got my producer, Joel, in the building with me. And today we are back with another haunting episode. Today we're going to be diving into the absolutely spooky haunting of the RMS Queen Mary. If you don't know what RMS means, it means Royal Mail Ship. And the Queen Mary, I don't think a lot of people know this, but the Queen Mary is actually quite a bit bigger than the Titanic. So this is a massive, massive ship at 1,018 feet long and more than 81,000 tons. And to put this into perspective, the Titanic was a mere 883 feet long and about 46,000 tons. So this ship is absolutely massive and the history is absolutely brutal. So get ready for this haunting episode. Before we get into everything though, a couple things. I just want to remind everybody that one way you can support the show that is absolutely free is by going to Apple Podcasts and clicking subscribe. It does really help us out. Also leaving a rating and review. We absolutely love to see those as well. We actually take our reviews and ratings very seriously. And we like to look at your guys' feedback on the episodes as well as what content you want to see. I mean, we're kind of cycling through some different things and, you know, I'm never really sure what you guys like to watch more from us. So definitely let us know. Drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube, uh, what you guys want to see coming up. But I've got some things planned that I think you guys will really enjoy and a lot of you have requested. So definitely let us know what you think. But this episode is brought to you by everyplatestamps.com and care of more on them later. But let's not waste any more time and let's just jump right into this absolutely creepy history of the RMS Queen Mary. Our story begins in March 1966. In the waking hours of a cold morning at sea, the RMS Queen Mary plunged through the Atlantic. Each ocean wave gently rocked the ship back and forth. All was silent as most of the 3,000 guests and crew slept until sunrise and only a handful of crewmen worked the late shift. In the belly of the ship, a small horn blew, and lights upon the walls flashed, and the routine watertight drill had just begun. Each waterproof hatch began to close right on schedule, as this is a standard procedure for preventing water from breaching the ship in the event of a disaster. Made of pure steel, each hatch crept along its track and sealed the engine room door shut. During the drill, a man named Cripps, a refrigeration greaser, made his way through the engine room. He made his rounds checking the oil levels on each machine as he had done every morning before. It was a day like any other, or so he thought. Even in his darkest nightmares, he wouldn't have expected the gore and horror he was about to see. John Petter, a young bilge pumper who often worked in the engine room, was only 18 years old. Bright-eyed and a bit foolish, he often slacked off in the engine room. John liked to play a game of chicken when the hatches shut for watertight drills. And this time, John had lost the game. From liver to collarbone, the boy was smashed in the doorframe. His face turned blue, and a line of blood ran from his nose. His eyes turned back into his head, and in his hand he held a wrench, which he must have been using to pry the door open in an attempt to free himself. Unable to remove him, Cripps ran to find help. He rounded up any nearby crew members and returned to poor John, caught in the hatch. A pool of blood formed on the ground below. They opened the door and set John gently on the floor, and one of the crew radioed a night shift nurse to come quickly. 
When she arrived, John was unresponsive, and she administered a dose of morphine, praying that whatever pain John might have been experiencing would soon be over. They then placed John on a stretcher and quickly transported him to the ship's hospital, but he was immediately pronounced dead upon arrival. They would one day call his crewmate Half-Hatch Harry, although Cripps would always remember him by his real name, John Petter. To this day, it is said that the ghost of Half-Hatch Harry still haunts the engine room. He has been seen wandering near hatch number 13. A young man with a patchy beard dressed in a boiler suit walks the corridors, and some say he is looking for his wrench, the same one he had used in an attempt to free himself from the fateful hatch. Perhaps he thinks the wrench might free himself from his ghostly prison if he finds it. Some of the workers claim to hear strange metallic noises nearby, and some have even been chased by dark shadows. For this ship, the death of John Petter would be another ordinary day in its long list of horrors, and his ghost is one of many to haunt the decks of the RMS Queen Mary. So going back a bit, let's look at the history of the Queen Mary and how we got to this point. By the early 1900s, luxury transatlantic passenger ships had become the most popular way of traveling to the New World and back. Millions of people crossed the ocean in search of opportunity and adventure. Yet before they reached the shores of a new world, they wanted a cocktail bar and a private suite on their voyage, riding in luxury. The British built many ocean liners, adding to the long list of their already impressive sea vessels. Only one would dwarf every other ocean liner, the Queen Mary. Little did the engineers and metal workers know that they had built one of the most haunted places in the entire world. Two times bigger than the Titanic, the RMS Queen Mary cruised the icy Atlantic on its maiden voyage on May 27, 1936. It would sail the seas for another 31 years. These massive passenger ships, no longer a simple means of travel, delivered the highest quality room and board. The luxurious ship was dressed up with two cocktail bars, two swimming pools, five dining rooms, five lounges, and even a ballroom. Every first-class passenger packed an expensive suit or evening gown for the journey. The interior was designed with an art deco style, a style trendy at the time, and many of the walls were designed with inlaid wood paneling with heavy coats of shiny liqueur. Although beautiful to most, this shining decor gave some of the rooms an eerie, claustrophobic feeling. Which, that's one of the things for me when I, whenever I've been on a ship, and I haven't been on a cruise ship, actually, a very large cruise ship, I don't think you have either, have no, you? No, I haven't yet. And like, I went on a cruise ship, a small one out of Miami to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. It was like a two-night thing, and it was horrible. It wasn't that big of a ship. It was actually pretty small. Oh, but yeah? Why was it horrible? Just because the rooms that you stay in are like literally like closets. Like, <laughs> you definitely get a closet. Like, and there's no, like ours just had like a little porthole to look oh, outside. Shit. And you kind, you kind of feel like you're like in a jail cell. Yeah, I can see that. And I don't know about you, but I get kind of claustrophobic yeah, like when I'm in yeah. a closed space. I like big open spaces where I can look out and feel spacious. Mm -hmm. And when I feel like I'm like closed up, it starts freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, same here. <laughs> How long was that cruise, though? It was only a couple days. It was like a weekend cruise. Um, oh, that's good. It, I mean, it was all right. But afterwards, it was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go on a cruise ship. <laughs> just because, I don't know. It's just like the idea of being you know, and on a ship in the middle of the ocean is also kind of 
it's kind trippy. of freaky to think yeah. about and you also once you get out into the open ocean it's totally different versus like cruising on a boat near near land oh i could see that because the waves just get so Probably much bigger so big so you start feeling like a uh, dropping feeling over and over uh, again that would make me seasick yeah if you're <laughs> if you get seasick easily then a cruise ship is probably not the best best place for you i mean some of the big cruise ships these days and something like the queen mary with how big it is yeah you're not going to feel the ocean quite as much because it's just so massive that it's going to sort of uh gotcha you know absorb the impact of the waves a little bit more but still i i in this case, you know, with the wood paneling everywhere, I can imagine that in some of the rooms it would feel feel a little bit claustrophobic, but very luxurious at the same time. And despite its impressive reputation of luxury and fame, the RMS Queen Mary would be plagued by death and disaster for the rest of its 31 years of service. Its countless hauntings would remain in the darkest corners of the ship long after its retirement. Through all of its death and disaster, it would continue to soldier on through the decades. During the outbreak of World War II, the ship was converted into a troop ship, transporting 810,000 troops during her service and several prisoners of war. They nicknamed the Queen Mary the Grey Ghost for its plain color, incredible speeds, and its shroud of mystery during the war. Yet its nickname would quickly mean something else entirely. After the war, Britain converted the ship back into a luxury passenger ship, and it resumed its regular duties of transporting passengers in search of a grand voyage. In the 1960s, the jet era boomed, and flight became the preferred method of travel. The Queen Mary eventually retired from the seas in 1967. The ship took one last journey across the ocean, and today it is permanently moored off the shores of Long Beach, California. It will spend the rest of its days as a hotel, restaurant, and museum, as well as a lightning rod of paranormal activity throughout its entire career as a passenger ship the queen mary transported 2.2 million people across the atlantic ocean of those 2.2 million people 49 deaths have been officially reported on board as well as 329 additional deaths from an accidental collision many more are believed to have gone unreported it is said that more than 150 souls haunt the Queen Mary from within. I mean, think about that for a second. 2.2 million people That's so going many people. through the ship. And lots of deaths, too. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm sure there's even way more than what's even been reported over <laughs> that long period of time. And that many people, I'm sure there was yeah. stuff that happened that just never even got got written down anywhere. And I don't know if a boat counts as an object, but makes sense why there's so many spirits clinging on to this thing right right so not only did it see war and you know have soldiers aboard and you know all that type of energy aboard then you have just regular passengers of all probably from all walks of life with all sort of needed different conditions potentially you know who knows if there is people that were terminally ill that may have have ridden the ship i mean there's so many different types of people that at one point we're on this ship that there's just bound to be residual energy left yeah after the fact and hence why it's so haunted makes me definitely want to go visit yeah it. i know it's a definitely one to add to the paranormal road trip right but let's go ahead and get into the haunting and what people actually experience when they visit the queen mary today before we do that we're going to take a quick sponsor break and we'll be right back all right let's talk 
hauntings. Not long after the Queen Mary's conversion into a hotel, claims quickly spread throughout the world that the ship was indeed haunted. Its history of strange occurrences and freak accidents contributed to these claims. Even in its earliest days, mysterious deaths tormented the decks of the Queen Mary. In 1936, its first year of service, two hours before the Queen Mary was scheduled to leave Southampton, England, to New York City, the ship suffered its first tragedy. Sir Edgar Britton, the famous first captain of the ship, was mysteriously found dead on the floor of his cabin. An autopsy later revealed he had suffered a massive stroke, and Sir Edgar Britton became the first of many souls to perish on the RMS Queen Mary. Edgar was a man who fancied his cigars, and he was known to smoke them often. This habit may have contributed to his death, but no one knows what triggered the stroke. With the aura of mystery surrounding the ships, anything could have happened in the captain's room. And as the paranormal activity of the ship would have it, some claim they've smelled the smoke of a cigar near the captain's cabin. In October 1942, during World War II, the Queen Mary acted as a troop ship, It transported supplies and soldiers across the ocean. According to the ship's current captain, during World War II, a cook had made such horrendous meals for a group of Australian troops aboard that they had become so upset that the night ended in a fight with the cook. The soldiers shoved the cook into an oven, turned it on, and gassed him to death. Some say the screams of the cook from within the oven can still be heard. Also during the war, an even greater tragedy was on the horizon. During the Queen Mary's journey from New York to Glasgow, a smaller ship named the HMS Curaçao escorted the Queen Mary across the Atlantic. Little did the captain and the crew of the Curaçao know, this voyage would be its last, and the small boat and crew would soon be scattered across the Atlantic. The Curaçao had taken the lead in a zigzag formation ahead of the Queen Mary to throw off potential German U-boats that patrolled the Atlantic. And unknown to the captain and crew, the Queen Mary traveled far too fast and caught up to the Curaçao as it traveled in slow curving lines ahead. Being 20 times larger than the Curaçao, the Queen Mary cut straight through the small ship, tearing the boat clean in half, instantly killing dozens of potentially hundreds of sailors on board. The sound of screeching metal and the screams from dying men can be heard along the Queen Mary's deck. Those that did not instantly die from being literally cut in half by the Queen Mary, either drowned in the icy Atlantic, died of hypothermia, or caught by the massive current of the Queen Mary and sucked into its propellers below, leaving a bloody trail of innards and body parts in its wake can't even imagine. The captain at the time, Cyril Ellington, was unable to stop the Queen Mary, and they failed to save any of the sailors. His ship was far too large, with too much momentum behind it. He quickly radioed nearby British destroyers in hopes that they would be able to save any of the sailors, and on the arrival of the small destroyer fleet, they were met with an ocean of blood and gore. Body parts churned in the ocean waves while other sailors drowned beneath its surface. Only 99 crew members survived, and 329 died horrifically in the cold Atlantic waters. It is said that the howls of the dead Curaçao sailors can still be heard in the boiler room 
and the hull of the Queen Mary where the liner impacted and destroyed the Curacao. Forever the voices of dead soldiers scream into the abyss of an empty hole. Aside from the Queen Mary's complete annihilation of hundreds of sailors, many of its horrors lurk within the history of its passengers. Deep inside the ship, the isolation ward sits dark and quiet, a sterile room of white bunk beds and adjacent bathrooms. It is a room common to many ocean liners where the sick can isolate themselves without fear of infecting other passengers or crew members. It's also a room where the crew can detain prisoners if need be and handcuff them to solid bedposts until the ship can reach the next shore. Although no reports of horror rest within the walls of the isolation ward, its true horror rests on the wall. Just outside of the doorway, there hangs a placard on the wall, a bright and shining list of all the passengers known to have died aboard the Queen Mary. It gives her voyage number, date, name, nationality, and cause of death. Heart failure is the most common, according to the list. At the bottom, there is a smaller list of vague references, passengers whose names were not recorded, their unknown voyage number, or their unknown cause of death. And many believe that this list goes on much longer than the placard represents. Names have been lost to history and the dark. Untold tales will forever be lost to the ship. And only the ghosts themselves know their own stories. According to many passengers, crewmen, and captains, many of the souls that have perished on the ship continued to haunt and torment those aboard the Queen Mary. Some of them are simple spirits with no intention of ill will, while others haunt the ship's corridors with anger and malice. One of the most famous souls to haunt Queen Mary is known as the Lady in White. It is said her spirit has haunted the ship for over half a century, and many passengers have reported her as appearing in various rooms and corridors. In the ship's heyday of luxury cocktail bars and ballrooms, as it sailed from New York to London, many wealthy passengers took part in the extravagant activities the ship had to offer. For four long days across the sea, many of the passengers treated this time as a vacation. No work, only playtime. They dressed in impeccable evening attire, drank expensive cocktails, and danced the night away in the ballroom. They lived as if the transatlantic voyage was one big never-ending party. The Lady in White is believed to be the spirit of one such passenger from the mid-1900s, and possibly a passenger from the ship's maiden voyage. She is the most commonly spotted ghost on the ship, according to guests, and many visit the hotel in hopes of getting a glimpse of her. Often spotted near the Queen's Salon, or the First Class Lounge, she wears a long white evening gown. Although her story remains unknown, she often appears to be just another guest on the ship. She can often be seen dancing to unheard music, or looming in the background of her favorite rooms. Maybe. She's waiting for a partner to ask her to dance. For the lady in white, the voyage did end up being one big never-ending party. Dane Valentina, a former model with a new interest in the paranormal, checked into the Queen Mary in hopes of contacting the reported spirits aboard. She took many photos but never came into contact with any ghosts. Or at least this is what she thought at first. 
Her search initially disappointed her, and she saw nothing of interest, no running faucets, flickering lights, or shadowy figures. After developing her photos and going through them, she finally saw an apparition she hadn't noticed before. In one of her photos at the end of the long corridor of hotel rooms towards a bright red exit sign, a white figure stands with a dark door frame at the farthest end of the hallway. The figure appears to be dressed in a long white evening gown, staring into the distance. And if you look at the picture, I mean, I don't know how you deny that there's absolutely a human-shaped apparition yeah, at the end of the hallway there that's clear against a dark door. Yeah, that's an impressive photo. It reminds me of the lady in white from the Conjuring series. Oh, yeah. I was also going to say in the Insidious movies, they made like the lady in black as well. So I think there's some spinoffs from this yeah. lady in white. Yeah. It looks very similar to the apparition yeah. on the Queen Mary. I bet they did take it from this. Yeah. So creepy. That's like one of the, one of the previous things. To, to be aboard the ship and know that that, that spirit is lurking. Yeah. <laughs> definitely sends shivers down your spine. But many believe that this apparition is the famous lady in white of the RMS Queen Mary. And this one picture might be the only picture of a ghost on board, although countless spirits have been reported. Another first-class spirit, simply known as the Tall Man, has been spotted many times in the ship's common areas and nearby the first-class suites. He often wears a handsome suit and a smile on his face. The Tall Man is a kindred spirit to the Lady in White, and he may have been a passenger on the ship in the earliest days of its voyages across the ocean. He has been known to show himself for only a few seconds, and then disappear into thin air. Interactions with the tall man have been friendly, and he seems generally harmless. He smiles, waves, and then disappears. That is, of course, only in the common areas. Inside the first-class guest rooms, the tall man has been known to turn off lights, knock objects from tables, cause telephones to ring, open closet doors, and even knock on guest room doors. For reasons unknown, the tall man acts happy in the hallways and common areas near the first-class suites. Yet as soon as he's inside the guest rooms, his mood seemingly changes dramatically, from friendly to frantic. His activity within the rooms is such a nuisance that many guests rarely sleep through the night. The tall man's terrorizing pranks pale in comparison to the paranormal activity that seeps from the indoor pools. The first class and second class swimming pools have been haunted since the earliest days of the ship. Many are sure they contain a portal to the ghost's dimension, seething with paranormal energy. They are the apex of strange activity on the Queen Mary. A concentration of spirit energy resides in and around the pools, and many different ghosts have been seen looming around, even splashing in the water, responding to questions, and raining terror on the passengers and crew. The first-class swimming pool was a giant room of teal and off-white tiles when it was still in operation. Decorative lights hung from the pillars, and the cherry-red pool chairs lined the floor. It was a place where adults read books and children jumped into the deep end. And at first, it was a place of relaxation and fun. But then the hauntings began. The legends tell of two women drowning in the pool, and no one knows how exactly. After their floating bodies were pulled from their water, their spirits remained. 
They each appear in 1930s and 1960s clothing, and they are often seen walking around the pool. They glare at the guests, never taking their eyes off of them while they lurk around the tiled floor. Just outside the pool at the edge of the boat, a short rail lines the ship. Over this rail, a hundred feet below, rests the icy Atlantic Ocean. One day, a small boy began playing on the rails while his parents weren't watching. When they turned to look, they saw him lose his balance and fall overboard. His mother screamed and his father ran to the edge of the ship. But this boy was never seen again. Until, of course, his ghost returned to haunt the ship. He continues to sulk around the passageways of the pool, showing himself to guests, reminding them of the never-ending history of death upon the ship. And although these spirits have never harmed anyone as far as we know, their dark glares from across the room have signaled to guests that they are not welcome. The places where these people have perished are not meant to be observed by the living. And just beside the first-class pool are the changing rooms. A cramped corridor leads to a row of changing stalls. White tile lines the walls and small ceiling lights illuminate the claustrophobic hallway. Allegedly, a woman once went to change out of her swimsuit late in the night. Everyone else had left the pool area. Quietly, she entered the changing stall and closed the door. She was supposed to meet her husband in the lounge in 15 minutes. As she quickly undressed, a sense of terror came over her, and she suddenly felt that she was no longer alone. As she went to lock the changing door, a large man kicked the door in with his boot. He held her down and threatened to cut her with a knife. He then brutally raped and murdered her in the stall, and they never caught the man. And it is said that the woman's ghost now haunts the changing rooms. Some have reported that the highest concentration of paranormal energy is found around these changing rooms. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, if she was really murdered in there, absolutely going to be a major haunting location. Not all of the ghosts of the Queen Mary want to harm its crew or passengers, or perhaps they can't. They could be forever trapped in the space between worlds. One of the ghosts given the name Grumpy the Growling Ghost is known to hang around the first-class pool as well. According to guests that have come into contact with Grumpy, he likes to cough and snarl when people are around, and he rarely speaks. Many of the guests laugh when they hear him, and not many are threatened by his frail cough or his weak growl. The crew assures the guests he means no harm, but no one knows for sure. The true story of his life is unknown. Maybe he's a lost ghost who climbed aboard the ship in search of a ride. His favorite places to wander are underneath the pool stairs and nearby hallways. Some report smelling cigarette smoke when they hear Grumpy, leading many to believe that the poor ghost might just be coughing from his cigarettes, and not in fact snarling at the guests. And he is trapped, smoking cigarettes beside the pool. Or maybe that's where he enjoys spending the rest of his time, just lounging in a pool chair and giving guests a small thrill. Although the first-class pool is not operational today, many visitors claim that the paranormal occurrences are common around the barren tiles and empty basins. Some claim to hear voices, screams, and wails that echo between the tall, bare walls. Some voices have even told visitors to investigate the pool as if there is more to see. Or perhaps it's a way to lure the curious guests into danger. Many paranormal enthusiasts claim that supernatural portals must be in or near the pool due to the aggressive ghostly activity compared to the rest of the ship. 
These portals are vortexes of spiritual energy, where spirits can travel from the world of the dead into the world of the living. Other places within the ship are believed to be portals, including the boiler room and the green room adjacent to the boiler room, but none compare to the pool, especially the pool's changing room where the woman was raped and murdered. Bill Sauter, a historical consultant of the Queen Mary, inspected the pool one day, as he had always had before tours began. Across the empty pool, he saw a woman walking down the pool stairs. At first, he thought it was just another guest, but she was from a different time period from the look of her clothes. She was dressed in an elegant evening attire from the 1960s, and her gown flowed down the stairs behind her. Her eyes fixed upon him, never breaking her trance, and she slowly made her way down the stairs. Although the pool stairs were ceramic and quite noisy when walked on, the apparition made no noise as she walked. Bill crossed the pool room to meet her at the bottom of the stairs, but when he rounded the pillar, she had vanished. A peculiar feeling came over him, not a sense of fear or panic, but a feeling that something was happening to him. He closed his eyes for a moment, feeling uneasy, and when he opened them, the familiar empty pool in front of him was now filled with water. Guests appeared out of thin air, and they jumped into the pool, and men smoked cigarettes against the wall. He then walked around the ship, watching a guest stumble through the hallways, holding a cocktail in one hand and a cigarette in the other. In the lounge were people dressed in all different colors. Women showed off their mink scarves, and men wore pencil-thin mustaches on their upper lips. He passed through the lounge, but no one even seemed to notice him. He climbed the stairs to the upper deck and saw that the weather had even changed. The clear sunny skies were now a white sheet of clouds. A few flakes of snow fell down onto the ship. He watched the hustle and bustle of crew members crisscrossing the deck, and although they were busy, Bill overheard their sulking conversations. All of them were depressed that the ship would see its last day at sea, and soon they would be out of work. By next year, the Queen Mary would become a moored hotel. If you're wondering what happened to Bill, well, Bill supposedly traveled back in time. From the sunny skies of modern-day California to the cold European winter of 1966, this was in the last year of the RMS Queen Mary's service as an ocean liner. As he stood on the deck, the uneasy feeling came over Bill again. He closed his eyes, and before he knew it, he was teleported back to present day, back to the first-class pool, and it stood empty depressing and filled with paranormal activity. After telling his co-workers about the experience, he gathered himself and gave the guests the usual tour. He told them all about his time-traveling journey and the different ghosts that surrounded the pool. He was just thankful that he hadn't become one himself. The most infamous spirit to haunt the pool is the ghost of a young girl named Jackie. According to some, Jackie drowned in the second-class pool, which has now been removed, so she found a new home. She now haunts the surrounding areas of the first-class pool, although no records have ever been found of her being a passenger on the ship. She may have been a stowaway, hidden inside the suitcase of another passenger boarding the ship. Because of her reputation as one of the most responsive ghosts on the ship, many curious passengers attempt to contact her, and many of the skeptics that encounter Jackie tend to change their minds. On December 26, 2015, a tour began just like any other, and the guide took a handful of guests through the various spots around the pool. As they piled into the dark, claustrophobic changing room, 
three of the guests recorded their experience. In the infamous changing room hallway, they set a teddy bear and several other childlike objects on the ground. A single flashlight was placed near their feet, illuminating the teddy bear in the middle of the hallway. All of the guests stood quietly in the dark, waiting for Jackie. For a few minutes, there was nothing but silence, and the bear just sat motionless. None of the lights flickered. No breeze or cold air swept through. In the cramped hallway, there was no activity whatsoever. And finally breaking the silence, one of the tour members asked, Jackie, do you like candy? And from the darkness came a disembodied voice of a young girl, immediately responding, Candy. And they all stood there in absolute awe. Jackie, do you like candy? Others report that they've heard Jackie calling out to her parents and splashing in the water. Some say they have felt Jackie trying to hold their hand in the dark. But aside from the pool, the only room in competition for most haunted room is awarded to guest room B430. Its reputation became so terrifying that the entire room was dismantled, completely stripped of everything inside, and guests were no longer allowed to stay overnight. But it has since been rebuilt and guests can now rent the room out, but only at their own discretion. Many horrific tales surround room B430, although none can be proven without a doubt. The true stories of B430 remain only with the memories of the dead. Many guest crew and paranormal enthusiasts have claimed the room is wholly cursed. Horror sees between its wood paneling. Voices whisper in the night, beds shake, faucets run in the bathroom, and the lights flicker on and off. Creaking, knocking, and slamming on doors can often be heard. Figures have been observed standing at the foot of the beds in the dead of night. They lurk in dark corners and hide inside closets. Guests have experienced being poked, grabbed, and pushed by cold hands in the middle of the night, only to open their eyes to an empty room. Whatever happened in this room, and whatever horrors lurked behind closed doors, the terrors of history have left behind endless paranormal energy. One story tells the tale of a family tragedy in 1959. A family of four rented room B430 on their long journey across the ocean. A mother, a father, and their two daughters. Dana, the youngest, stayed with her sister in the room next to the master bedroom, and they were both relieved that each of them got their own twin bed for the night, and they could barely contain their excitement of their first voyage across the ocean. After a long day of swimming at the pool, eating on the starboard deck, and running down the long hallways, their mother dressed Dana and her sister into their pajamas and tucked them into bed. They asked where their father was and she told them he was just relaxing in the lounge and he'd be back soon. But Dana saw a slight tinge of fear in her mother's eyes. Her mother turned off the lights and the girls soon fell asleep. Dana awoke from a nightmare in the middle of the night and opened her eyes to a pitch black room. A sound of muffled rustling came from her sister's bed. She called out to her, but no response came. And as her eyes adjusted to the darkness, Dana saw a prominent shadowy figure on top of her sister. Its long arms reached down towards her, wrapping its hands around her neck. Only a tiny gasp escaped from her sister's mouth before her eyes rolled to the back of her head and her heart stopped beating. Dana screamed and turned on the light, Seeing the figure was neither a ghost nor a demon, 
It was her father. He looked haggard and angry with bloodshot eyes and he reeked of whiskey and cigarettes. Dana fled from the room screaming for her mother and she found her, a ghostly shade of white, lying motionless in the bed. She stared at the ceiling with lifeless eyes and dark bruises snaked around her neck. In a panic, Dana ran to the closest room she could reach, the bathroom. She tried to shut the door behind her, but her father crashed in. In his hand, he held a glistening revolver, and he raised the gun and pointed the pistol at Dana's heart, where he shot her without hesitation. He then turned the gun on himself, aiming directly at his temple and pulled the trigger. The family's remains were found pretty quickly because a neighboring guest complained of hearing gunshots to the hotel staff. When they reached the room, they found the mother strangled to death in her bed, the same as her daughter, and the bathroom was coated in two sprays of dark blood, brain matter, and skull fragments. The body of Dana and her father rested side by side, slumped in a pool of their own blood. And from this tale of room B430, it is said that Dana continues to haunt the room and the surrounding corridors of the ship, forever wandering the passages her family once walked so long ago traveling across the Atlantic in search of adventure and opportunity. Truly tragic story. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And it makes me think that there's so much paranormal or negative energy in this place that it causes people to commit these crazy murders. Yeah. They're so spontaneous. It's, there can't, I don't know. There's just no other explanation to me that maybe they're getting possessed or influenced by it. Yeah. Factory for negative things to happen today the queen mary attracts guests from all over the world and it remains forever moored off the coast of long beach california some visit to stay in the luxury suites and enjoy a relaxing vacation they peruse the bars and eat from the restaurant menu others seek the thrill of haunting spirits dark stories and legends of violence and gore they visit for a chance to contact a spirit from the dead they want to see the lady in white dance in the hallways or ask Jackie if she enjoys candy. They want to hear Grumpy cough up his cigarette smoke or see Dana walking the hallways clutching her heart. They wish to catch a glimpse of the ghost of John Petter in search of his wrench to pry himself from the watertight hatch. Unknown to them, the curious guests are very much the same as John Petter. They play a similar game as he did down in the engine room. They play a game of chicken, not with a closing hatch, but with the spirits of the ship and they too gamble with the world of the dead and expect to come out unscathed. Absolutely horrifying story, honestly. It like It's honestly shocking to hear all of the violence that took place. Yeah, and how many people died and suffered. Yeah, it would make sense that it would just be an absolute pool of just yeah paranormal energy. I mean, so much residual energy from all the people that died on the ship and also the anger and malice in a lot of the deaths that that remains i mean it's it's crazy i'm i bet you there's even more stuff that happens yeah since then since it not being in service i'm sure people there's endless stories of people experiencing different types of paranormal activity i mean mm-hmm. at the very least you know your traditional knocking and you know, oh yeah seeing things move or maybe seeing shadowy figures moving through the hotel but I'm sure you get all of that in that place. Like, I mean, the guy that literally said he time traveled, I'm like, holy shit, maybe yeah. there's even something more powerful going on here. Maybe there's some type of, of portal that he traveled through in order to go back in time and, and, and see what, what the ship was really like during its heyday. But yeah, 
absolutely insane. Yeah. And despite its dark history, I think it's cool that the boat is still around today. So, you know, we can yeah. remember all those and all the paranormal activities still give them a home to stay in. And yeah, I like that they they keep it. Yeah. And they don't Because if like they destroy, destroy the it. boat, then I think a lot of those spirits go could with just, it. Yeah. yeah, go with it. Yeah, it's it's cool that they they still have it as a hotel and stuff. Yeah. Seems seems like it's probably one of the most haunted hotels out there. Yeah, I think the Queen so. Mary. We'll have to we'll have to visit one day hopefully. Yeah, for sure. But you'll have to let us know if you visited the Queen Mary and what experiences you had because I'd be very curious to hear somebody's actual firsthand account of what it was like to stay aboard the Queen Mary now. I'm sure you're pretty much guaranteed to get some sort of paranormal activity on here it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I would so. think so. Because, God, we, we had a, a experience with the Stanley Hotel. We've had a, a few weird things happen there. But for the most part, it's claimed to be one of the most haunted hotels in the entire yeah. United States. And I've been there multiple times, even conducted a minor paranormal investigation <laughs> yeah. there. And You're sitting in the closet for a while. <laughs> absolutely nothing, man. God, like, that's disappointing. And, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's like, Sometimes if you go into it looking for something, I feel like yeah. these these spirits or entities know yeah. that you're you're there to try to capture them. And they're right. like, well, screw you. I'm not going to give you anything. Well, I think obviously the Stanley hasn't experienced yeah, nearly doesn't as have dark, the dark history that this history. does. Yeah. Which there's a lot of misconceptions about the Stanley Hotel yeah. and its paranormal history. And, and I think it's overrated because Stephen King... So. Yes, a lot of people assume The Shining actually happened at the hotel, <laughs> which is uh you know yeah definitely not the not the reality but we'll have to do an episode on the stanley hotel because obviously yeah. that's here in colorado right we've been to it we've st- i've stayed overnight in one of the most haunted rooms supposedly in the hotel nice i haven't yeah i and did we, the whole t- like you've done the tour. ghost tour yeah. stuff yeah yeah i stayed the night in a haunted room there and i'll let you know what i found <laughs> in an upcoming episode well you're originally gonna make a whole i was, you I was know, trying to make like a little stuff. like haunted vlog but yeah but it could turn out the anything. other way so yeah but yeah we'll we'll definitely cover the stanley hotel in a future episode so let us know if you want to see that but that wraps up today's episode of lights out podcast hopefully you enjoy this one i know we did very very interesting haunting of the queen mary and all of its dark history make sure you're subscribed to us on apple podcasts and youtube we'd really appreciate it make sure you check out our sponsors and make sure you check out higher love wellness really appreciate it tirelovewellness.com and you can always use code homies to get 10 percent off of your order there for all the best premium cbd hemp extract products on the market but that is it for us today and until next time lights out everybody <laughs>